This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. Download again. My co-host Mike Davis is here. Matthew Dillner, Leah, everybody's in the house. We got a great guest coming on here in a bit. Clint Boyer is going to be on the show. Clint, uh, man, I mean, we got a lot of questions here, a lot of great information. Uh, but I don't even think we're going to need it. <laughs> Clint, Clint, yeah, we not going to be a lot hard to pull stuff Clint's, out of him. Clint's going to interview us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so should be a great show, guys. Let's get to it. Go. TJD crew is a new day. Mike Davis gonna run his own way. Dale Jr. down low. Dale Jr. down low. Dilma get Leah off the straightaway. Junior sleeves up working all day. Dale Jr. down low. Dale Jr. down low. This is my ringtone, man. This is so good. Oh. Like, I like tacos, and she's probably going to like tacos, so this is a good thing, right? So we're rolling with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God, man. Is that you rapping, Matthew? It is. <laughs> Matthew sung and made his own rap. You know what? I think he's been singing a lot more than we even realized because I said I asked him a few weeks ago. I said, Matthew, who was that that was doing? And, and then Lee looks. She was like, "That's Matthew." I got tears in my eyes. I don't have a damn budget for a singer. That, so. You're right. I don't know what your what is your licensing fee because I don't know that how we, we could afford that. That was too good. L- lunch, lunch. Oh, yeah, man, he's auto tuning himself. Well, I got to do something to make it sound good. The- <laughs> Regular singing wouldn't. <laughs> My guy, man. How do you follow that? I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Jimmy Johnson's currently running the Boston Marathon right now, isn't he? He, uh, As we're recording this. Yes. He hasn't started yet. Um, All the elite runners go first. Okay. and So they do it in waves because there's so many people. So he actually hasn't started yet, but he is. Ah, nice. Okay. Uh, Well, I hope he does good. What do you think about that, man? That's pretty cool, huh? Comes right out of the the race, going to run this marathon. He's been preparing for this for over a year. Well, he's been kind of thinking about doing a marathon for a long time, but he's literally been physically training for about a year to do this. I would have. This is no knock on him. I would have almost thought he would have done a marathon. It seems like he's done Jimmy a, Johnson. I hold him on this Mount Rushmore of of Ironman fit people in, in marathons. Yeah, you know, like uh, I, I don't know, but but to be honest with you, it is the guy just is in immaculate shape. I mean, like the guy just trains all the time, and we know that from being teammates with him for all those years yeah. and him trying to get you in on that. We'll talk a little racing here. Anybody watching grassroots, grassroots short track racing? I didn't watch any short track, but I did watch the NASCAR Euro Series was kicking off this uh, this weekend. And one of the things that was interesting about that is Bobby Labonte and Maya Snyder were over there racing. Yeah. And I think they're going to run the full schedule. Mm. Um, Maya actually qualified really good. Uh, spun the leader on the last lap of the last corner on Saturday's race. Got into a little bit of a dust-up on the next Sunday's race, but still finished in the top 10. Uh, one of the funniest things about it was so Myatt's running second. On the last lap, last corner, and the uh, he dives down in and dive bombs the guy leading the race and takes them both out. And the 
the announcer said that was very optimistic. <laughs> I just thought that was such a nice way to put what? it. That is, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. He's optimistic. I want to. I'm putting that in my uh, in your repertoire. In my repertoire. <laughs> that was very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine seeing somebody spin somebody out, wreck somebody, or that's funny. That's funny, yeah. but that was so, good. So, did, so did he? Uh, did, I guess he took himself out. That was that. Spun himself out. Yeah. yeah, tough, tough deal. But he had a fast car. So it's gonna be fun. I, so Bobby ran that thing last year. The whole schedule, NAS, uh, of the European uh, NASCAR series, and they run all these old historic road courses. Some really cool tracks. And uh, Bobby did okay, but Myatt, I think is in a really good car with a real, real good opportunity to get do some do some fun stuff this year. So I'll, I'll follow that. People, I guess, always wondering what we're doing, what we're following outside of, you know, cup racing. NASCAR Euro Series is one thing I'll keep up with this year. Uh, Richmond, we had a race there this weekend. What did you guys think about that? I watched it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Good good finish. I, You know, I, um, cl- you know we're going to have Clint on here. Uh, he was sitting there in the running for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, was it Logano that goes <laughs> up there and uh, had a shot? Pretty exciting at, at the, the end of the race. It was, it was certainly an end, and I, I really – Man, Truex, uh, wow, pretty impressive to hold those guys off there at the end because that, that got a little squirrely. It didn't seem like the old Richmond that I that, that – I, I mean, like Richmond was my favorite track that we'd always go to. Yeah. And part of it's because you were always so good there, and so we always went there with a piece and, and, and had a shot to win. But it didn't feel like the old Richmond, but that probably has a lot to do with all the changes that have happened over the past several years to it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was uh, – Richmond has a chance of being a pretty boring race. Um. It uh, it was an exciting race for Richmond standards, I think. Really, Some, you, you think it's usually a boring race? Well, there's yeah. I mean, when okay. you look back over the history, one time Brad Keselowski won it, and he led like 300 laps or something. At times, if the tire combination versus the tire and it not rubbering the track in, um, in the last five years, there's been a lot of races that weren't that exciting for me at at, at Richmond. I thought this one was above average. All right, boys, here we go. Clint Boyer's in the house. How does this work? Do you have, like a, just do, you, do you have organization? Like, do you literally no, no. have? Yeah, well, it's sort of organized. So your people just hook you up. He's Matthew's producer. He'll be the he'll build the show sheet. You know, I can tell you that you gave up on all fun activities. Why? Like drinking and I haven't gave up like on drinking. That. Where's the shotgun of a beer that you run your mouth at and all well, this did, stuff? He did get a little chippy on that. We little, got little, the beers right over there. We do got the beer. Oh, no, no, you don't want to drink that now. No. It's been, it's <laughs> it's been about good. five weeks. How I can tell is you, you look like you need a cheeseburger or a beer or a, a case of beer. He doesn't like, have that Tony Stewart body. He's got that, t- I, got that that TV look going on, doesn't he? That's, a, that's, no, a TV, that's not a TV look. No, I mean, listen, he's changing TV looks. Well, I eat good. Like, I eat. Hummus. No, like I, <laughs> I want to stay in my thirty three. This 33s. is not the Dale that any of us know. Yes, well, it's well, the same Dale. I don't know. I mean, no. Okay, you can. Whether go. you choose to believe this or not, <laughs> you are not the same Dale. Well, I, <laughs> we all knew the the old Dale. I there is a new you, Dale. You are getting ready to turn. You just said I eat good. You're getting ready to turn 40, and you can't keep eating cheeseburgers and chicken wings there all your life. There is some validity to what he's saying. No, there is. I mean, it's just a matter of when you, you want to actually face the The problem nose. is your ass keeps getting I wider know. and wider I have to keep and buying, wider. I have to buy all new jeans every year. And I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to get back in those 33s that are up in the top of the closet. <laughs> and so I'm trying to stay in those. But I have not. I could still rip with the best of them. Still got it. Still got it. I think it has less to do with age and more to do with the fact that 
when you're married, it's a game changer. I mean, and then when you get kids, it's another game changer. No kidding. So it's not like you can pull the all-nighters with so kids. Like the, There's no way uh, you are doing the same thing you did no. 10 or 15 years well, ago. Well, it's funny. I think we had this conversation when, when uh, um, you guys had your child. I was like, hey— Here's the deal. You're still dumb enough. You think you're going to do it a few times. And then all of a sudden, about about 10 times it took me, probably two for a normal person, about the 10th time of waking up with a massive hangover yeah. and your kid standing on your head at 6 a.m., you're like, aha, no more of that. I know. I It hurts yeah. so bad. I found, <laughs> I'm, so this, I found a little trick. All right. Oh, let's hear this. So I, you ever heard of Bud 55s? Bud 55. Yeah, it's a 55 calorie Bud Bud Light kind of. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a Bud extra extra light. Yeah, they're two and a half percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're just drinking. You're kind of little. You know, a little more. Yeah. Easier. That's easy. Oh, that's, so you. Like so, so basically. So, no 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 no. He's just he's just changed the viscosity. Well, it's half. <laughs> it's half of what a Bud Light has, so you can drink more. That's like Keystone Lights, you know, back you in the day. It's the only thing you could afford, so you drink 30 of them to get to <laughs> I know. everybody well, else's 12-pack. I like to start at 10 in the morning. So That's uh, normal. I can't, yeah, I can't be a so father. So it's still in you. I can't be a father, drink at 10 in the morning, Bud Lights all day long. That's where I go wrong. I can't. I have no – my throttle cable breaks. Once, <laughs> once it starts, Well, those 55s, it goes to you, you, ain't, you ain't going nowhere dangerous with those 55s. <laughs> I can promise you that. And you wake up feeling great. I mean, there was an off day yesterday. How are you feeling this morning? Did you, did you run fine. hard yesterday? You know, I actually was um, I, about halfway through the day. I, I got done pouting about the race the night before. Everybody knows, any racer knows how that goes when you lose one like that. But um, uh, went down and was watching a uh, the Indy race, which, by the way, I hope, you know, I always thought maybe one of those street courses would be a good oh. idea. That's not a good idea for no. our sport no. ever, um, possibly for, for any sport, but uh, <laughs> any, any sanctioning body. But um, made me a drink and decided I'd probably reach out to you guys, being that the only way you've reached out to me was on Twitter about this <laughs> show. So it's like... Uh, that's not true. Hey, when does this happen? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brett Griffin was the one that coordinated this whole conversation. Which was the weakest intro to an invitation I've ever seen in <laughs> what my was life. It? No, no, what was it? I don't know. <laughs> you floated across the board like, well, do you think we could get it? Who would be the person to contact to get a hold well, of Clint to see if You well, have my number. That's, Who goes through people? First of all, first of all uh, he was Help in, me here, Dale. That no, no, was no, a, it was a it was a weak attempt. No, listen, let me let me let me let you a little bit into my life. There's a difference <laughs> when I reach out to somebody or Dale reaches out to somebody. There's a difference in uh Yeah, the answer is yes. In, in priority. You go through the <laughs> it, channels, it, it gives an opportunity to fail. Never go through uh, channels. Yeah. <laughs> if you want your way, hey, go straight to the source. But you're here. Yes. And he finally we, went to the channels. It, uh, we knew Brett would. We knew Brett would get to you. It, it, it was a rain delay at Richmond. Y'all were do, y'all were sitting there looking around, looking for something to do. That's how we planted we gave the seed. Something to do. Yeah, <laughs> we, gave, was, we gave Brett something to do. And while then I all of a sudden, I started cringing. I told my wife, "As man, I have no idea what I got into. Something about a uh, some, some kind of weird shot." And shotgunning beers. <laughs> I was Just trying to make plan you on my Monday because we're going on vacation first thing in the morning tomorrow, tomorrow morning uh, with the kids. I said, "Just plan on me not being around Monday." It looks no, to me like. Goodness. Then I get here and another week intro. Listen, this is going to be such a good time for you. This is going to we have yeah. Have we, we even started, started yet? Yeah, I don't even yes. know if we started yet. Oh, we, we have started. Th- this is going to be such a good time for you. You're going to be like, damn, I got to get my own podcast on Dirty Mo Media, the Clint Boyer Show, <laughs> and we're going to be like, hey, let Clint, let's start it next week. And then you're going to tell your wife, hey, 
Well, I'm surprised that he doesn't already have one, knowing Brett and how much Brett enjoys it. And well, I think as long as you have partners, I don't think I'll probably be able to have one of these. That's, see, that's that's, the that's, thing. that's that's not the way to think about this. Yeah, it's oh, not. Really? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand that either because I had partners and I could do a podcast and because I talked to drivers today, even the young guys, and they all say, "Oh man, you know, I can't be honest." I was talking to Chase the other day, and he's like, "I just wish I could say what I want to say." That's brutal, I, pathetic. Yeah. Say it. I know. Well, that's you. Like you, that's can, you. you could do a podcast Kids. and everybody would listen to it. Listen, when you get more partners, your partners would be happy. That's they would right. Want to be part of it. Your partners are looking for new and inventive ways. The Clint Boyer Fine. Show. I am going to take your deal over. I am taking this business <laughs> Come by on. storm okay. starting tomorrow. This All is right. my new quest in life. No, no, no. The vacation's tomorrow. The vaca- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to the beach. Everybody knows when you go to the beach with your wife and kids, that gives you a lot of time to think is what that means. Apparently, a lot of people like going and thinking because beach activities suck. If you want me to tell yeah. you, where you're, you know, where my mind is, it, it's, I didn't grow up. I grew up in Kansas. They didn't offer beaches in Kansas. <laughs> so uh, that activity was, was non-existent. So you move out here with you Carolina boys, and everybody, hey, let's go to the beach. Take kids, let's go to the beach. <laughs> well, let's drive a distance. I'm all excited. All right, let's go to the beach. The only thing, I'm, I got a board short, flip-flops, and a big cooler. Let's go. <laughs> That's all you need. Pro- yeah. So what's the problem? So I've That's the that. problem. That's the problem? There is literally nothing else to do. You get to the beach, well. you get all set up, you drag everything out there, you got your little trailer, you got your umbrellas, and a rent this deal, find this kid that's cleaned your clock on some sort of <laughs> rental program for the whole week. You get that's out there, and I mean, four minutes, and I'm, I'm over it. All right, what are we going to do now? What, what do you mean? We got, we're here for four days. <laughs> you don't no. like to just sit on the beach and drink beer? Hell no. No, listen, for anybody else, I would uh, question it. But knowing Clint, I mean, if anybody's been to a party with Clint, usually there's something he wants to destroy by the end of the day. <laughs> you know, he wants to th- put a gazebo in the fire. Do you think that's correct reputation? Yeah, I don't know about No, I'm not a destructive guy, but I do. Now, if you're talking a bonfire, yeah, burn it all. That, <laughs> if you can get a hold of it, burn it. I know. If you can cut it down, burn it. I know. Yeah. yeah. I've seen you do this. <laughs> I've seen you do it. So my point is, is that if you're looking for that type of entertainment, the beach will definitely let you down. The beach is uneventful. The same thing <laughs> happens over and over and over. Maybe and that's over. what you need, though. A little bit of uneventness in your read life. Read a book. Catch yeah, up on yeah, that good book. Why don't you read book? a book? <laughs> yeah. You see a lot of that in my future. Sit down. No. Enjoy a good <laughs> novel on the beach. <laughs> That, that'll be our podcast. Idea. It'll be the Clint Boyer Book Club. <laughs> it will fail because I won't even show up. No, I don't know, man. Having Clint you, talk about the first the, page the last, of a book. What's the last book you read? Uh, it was uh, Whitetail uh, Institute. All right, I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to enhance my food plots at the, at the house. That was that was the last book that I did. I think All it right. was a it was a so column. So you do read? Yeah. It's you know it's easy uh, when you have massive amounts of ADD like I have, which I think I have. I've never been diagnosed with it, but no, I can't slow down and, and read a book. I can't even hardly like I get I, I, I make fun of myself and start like you ever do you ever do that? Start laughing and like halfway through reading something like something that you're definitely like I want to know this. Yeah. I've got to figure this out. Uh, just reading the other day about uh, Blake. He's got me into trapping coyotes. I've uh, got a major coyote problem on the farm, and I got into this. I've been reading about it. Halfway through it, I've lost interest. I'm daydreaming about <laughs> Richmond. I'm like, my God, yeah. you can't even get through something you're interested in. <laughs> this is terrible. So you got coyotes? Oh. Don't we live close together? Yes. Yeah. 
Do you want some? No, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll trap over. Them. I'll trap over my way so they don't come your way. It's they're terrible. Yeah. So you you got a farm? Yeah. So yep. you're a farmer? No, no. Farming is uh, that's a job. Yeah, I'm definitely a hobby farmer. If I'm, a, if you you're gonna classify farmers. me, as, Do you hire farmers. Yeah, we had uh, farmers. Uh, farmer Phil, man, Phil and Gus. <laughs> His name is not Farmer, farmer Phil. Yes, it, I don't know if you watched that DeKalb <laughs> commercial we just had. Uh, uh, it's, you know, been doing some online um, and Twitter and stuff like that. It's so funny. He's so dry and, and quiet and, and talks real slow. He's like, he's Farmer Phil, man. <laughs> uh, funniest story that. This is true too. They came over and and wanted to to farm, you know, the ground when I first bought the place, and and I I needed it done and didn't know anybody around here. Met these old boys. They come over with a case of beer. Well, when I woke up the next morning, Gus was sleeping in the bucket of his tractor. Oh, dang! <laughs> true story. Oh, <laughs> I went out there to check on Farmer Phil and Gus, and uh, Gus was was in bed in the bucket of the tractor. Well, when you're surveying your options and you know that there's not many, <laughs> the bucket of the tractor probably is going to be the most comfortable. Yeah. That is not it a good Seems like option. he's done that before. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not a farmer. So you're kind of part-time. So, cause I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I got the four buffalo that people gave to me that are still on my property. We've had, we've had longhorn steers that have came through and <laughs> yeah. they're no longer, no longer with us. Um, are you, do you have any animals? Oh yeah! Well, when you have kit, you'll see. Wait till your animal, your wife and your daughters—they're soon gonna gang up on you. You have this farm that you talk about. You think you have animals. You wait till they start rescuing. Is what? Oh happens. yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll start rescuing everything. You'll have cats. Was your cats wife are... always into rescuing? Animals, no, or is this not just until we have had a child. Oh, we got a farm. Got a barn. Yeah, you got you got. Got stalls in the barn. Got to fill it. Huh. Got to put these animals in there. She got into pigs. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Let me give you a little Leah. bit of yeah. advice. Do not allow your wife to convince you that we ought to have pigs. How come? If you want one pig, have one pig. While I was gone, her and my old man thought it was a good idea that he needed a girlfriend. Oh, oh let yes. me tell Lady you. pigs are tough. Oh, up to, I, I think a litter of, of nine, or no, 13, nine or 13 or something, three times a year, Jack. What? <laughs> wow. What? Yes. Oh, really? You enter the pig oh. business very fast, very fast. <laughs> well, I got out of the pig business very fast. I put a stop to that. The girlfriend was gone, <laughs> and he was out on Jack stands, <laughs> <laughs> which is a smoker pit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We had goats, and I finally convinced uh, Amy to, to let me send them over to this other guy who had more goats. And then, uh, but we had this little horse, and uh, Amy's like, "Man, it's sad." I'm like, "How can you tell it's sad?" She's like, "It just by itself, it needs a companion." A companion. I'm like, "What if that companion comes to start biting it in the ass every day and then kicking it and and uh, annoying the shit out of it? Maybe it's, it's called marriage. Maybe it's perfectly <laughs> happy, you know, being by itself. And so funny. now we have a." Another, another, another horse, a donkey. All right. So you you said you wait got, a minute. So do you you have we a, have a mini horse with a with a regular sized donkey. Do you think the mini horse think it's a jackass now or <laughs> like if the only thing you see is a jackass? Yeah, do you, it thinks it's a jackass. Yes. Do you well, think that it mated with a with a donkey a long time ago? So I, maybe it does. Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> that's some. You that, have a lot of interesting a, things happen on a farm. Yeah. Yeah. We got we rescued the the donkey dad and the mini horse and its offspring. 
the donkey dad's gone, the offspring's gone. They left together somewhere. <laughs> but the mini horse stayed. It's got these bad back legs, so we just kind of take taken care of it. And it's been she's been by herself forever. And since we've had our child, Amy has gotten more. I don't know how to put this without pissing her off, but she's gotten more into rescues. What and did I just? He just I said just it. said it. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm telling you, you it's right. going to happen. Dude, every we're driving down. Uh, we're driving down the road the other day, and this guy was manhandling his dogs, and she rolled the window down and gave him a bit. Yeah, oh. mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap! I mean, she's serious. Wait till the little ones grows well, up. They'll start. Oh, it's but, it's yeah. coming, buddy. I'm telling you, you're going to rescue everything. I know. I think the, the pig, the, the fascination with the pigs did not happen because of a rescue, though, right? You weren't rescuing pigs. The kids wanted a pig. We had a pig, okay. right? It's, it was as simple as that. And, I mean, I raised this pig in the kitchen from a baby. Like, it sucked. Two times a night, I'd get up and feed it with a syringe because it was all of its uh, siblings died. I didn't know anything about pigs. Apparently, they'll freeze to death. And, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> they were all froze, and that one, uh, I got up on Christmas Day, and it was thir- I think it was 13 of them, whatever, however many there was. They were all out there squealing. I'm like, Muh. I went back in the house. I'm like, Laura, guess how many pigs are in there? They've hatched again. Gosh almighty. There's pigs everywhere. I went back out there after we ate dinner uh, to check on them, and they were all gone. I couldn't find them. I was like, there's no, where this- where's the pigs? And I read, I thought I'd read where, like, they'll eat their they're offspring yeah. or something. So I'm like, my God, there's blood everywhere somewhere. This thing's a savage. And they were all, no, nah, didn't, they didn't make it. Well, I picked this one up, and it kind of started moving a little bit. So I read, do what everybody, every farmer does, picked up the phone and Googled how mm-hmm. to rescue a right, pig, right, right. went in and put it in a, warmed it up in a, in a heat pad. And literally within five seconds, that thing was standing on the kitchen counter. I'm like, wow. It it was unbelievable. It brought like, it back to life. Yes. So June's the only one left. Well, I, I guess my point on this is it's one thing to rescue and, and to take in miniature horses that have bad legs, but to take in pigs that taste so damn good at the oh, end of the day, yeah. that's that would be hard to ask Clint Boyer to do and it not end the way we would all predict it to end. It's the funniest thing, though, is the kids start liking it. Everything's a pet then. Like, it is. I know. A, you know, we've got cattle Even, out on the ground. You're like, hey, <laughs> that's pretty good eating right there, boy. <laughs> do every Dad's day. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> lots of good, you like that steak, don't you? There's some good eaters out there. I wanted nah. to send the uh, buffalo to Newman, and uh, she wouldn't let me do that because she thinks that Newman sells his buffalo for meat. I'm sure he does. Yeah, because he has Buffalo Farm. He does. Yeah. That's in- what. Just to be clear, most farmers' boys do that. Okay. I mean, they're yeah. not. They're not in, it's not a pet farm. Yeah. It's a. They don't a- have wives that rescue animals. Well, <laughs> the key word here is rescue. Once yeah. you rescue yeah. an animal, that animal. Trust me. In our, you think Dale Junior's wife is ever going to let you? Harvest one no, of no. her animals. L- listen, I, I, I don't I, care if it's got bad legs or not. That animal is the safest. <laughs> well cared for animal ever it's in like the history of animals. No, I get it. I mean, listen, I'm with you because we had chickens, and you know where we went wrong when my wife gave the chickens names. When oh, you give them a name, yeah. when oh, yeah. you give them a name, they're in for good. That's right. As a matter of fact, we had a promotion with a sponsor where you could put your name on Dell Junior's card, and so it had like fifty thousand names on it. Yeah. I had three chickens on that car. Their but names we all on that grew car. up, you know. I mean, you started. Tearing to a good ribeye, and the old boy's going, Grandpa's going, hey, old Fred's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, 
man. Can't say that. <laughs> Fred. Yeah. I bet his old brother's going to be good, too. Did the pig that ended up in the smoker have a name? <laughs> oh, no. Come I, on. It did, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. It did. Have you smoked a whole pig? You do that, right? I don't I have not tried to smoke a whole pig. So Patty is built uh is it it's like a Dutch oven thing or something? I gotta try that. That's that's the way to do Who? it. Uh Brian Patty, yeah. he built one. Um it, it actually cooks underneath or something and, and the coals are on top of it. It's it's bitching. It's the way mm. to do it. Well he does whole pigs? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never tried to do a whole one. I can hardly get ribs right. Um, I'm pretty good with brisket. My whole problem with all of that is that's a drinking event. It is. What's you wrong know? with that? Well, yeah. by the t- I sometimes forget it's on there. You ever do that? <laughs> sometimes I forget to check the temperature. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. I, or well. I forget how to regulate the temperature. I'm like the damn thing's going up and down. And but you smoke a pig for like a day or two, don't you? I mean, like it wouldn't be like if you, you can take it. as long as you want. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's no question. But you can. Then you you. You've lost interest. You've lost your crowd. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. get all excited about smoking. Smoking is an event. They're sleeping there is in the nothing bucket. more fun than the anticipation, the excitement of getting the Traeger all fired up, oh, getting yeah. your pellets good. You got all the spices, all the sauce. Everything's ready to go. People are coming over. Well, you're getting the pool ready. You're getting this ready. You're filling the cooler. You got all your events set up. Well, then you forgot to put the meat on, and it's five hours past then. <laughs> now, fast forward, you're about half tuned up. It's 7 o'clock at night. Your old lady's hot on your tail. Hey, we're all hungry. Well, we uh, got two more hours. Showing it's at least two hours. <laughs> now you've lost your crowd. Everybody's yeah. leaving. Kids are screaming. They're hungry. You blew the whole day. <laughs> it's exactly how it goes <laughs> every time. Because I, I, won't, I won't smoke through the night. Like, you know, if you're going to have, you know, right. Gonna have barbecue at lunch. You gotta start smoking at midnight or yep. in the middle of the night. I won't do it. I just I'm or you'll you'll do it. Or all right, fix this deal. I'm starting at midnight. Yeah. Uh oh. By noon, you're in bad trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't been to bed yet. Your wife's mad at you. She can't tell who you are. You can't you don't know who you are. <laughs> this is farming with Clint Boyer. <laughs> it all goes back to drinking. Next episode. That is Boyer talks about his real cats. Life. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me there's there's not anybody that has entered the world of of smoking meat uh that does, doesn't experience that same thing. Sure. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah. We get Sunday. Sundays is our day off, right? You get home, you're all wound up from a Saturday night race and, and everybody's coming over the pool, you got it all lined out. That's the night that's dangerous. You're already running lean, you're down on 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 fluids anyway. So you get that meat started, get everything established, get going on that. And uh yeah, by three or four or five you're you're starting to run low on on fuel yourself and it's the the food's no good the next day. Yeah, that was the worst thing about West Coast races, man, is we get home at three or two or four in the morning and you're like, I can't go to bed. Nah. And I want to go out on the lake the next day. So we would get on the boat at four in the morning and drive out to the lake and we're passed out in the bottom in the cabin of the boat by the time everybody else is pulling up to tie up. Yeah. And we sleep through the entire afternoon. Missed it. Yep. All this is making me think that Clint Boyer, even in married life and and being a dad, like he still got it. I mean, like I know when he comes in here and <laughs> says that you've changed, he may have changed, but the degree of change is definitely not. I think he not- wants me to, he, he, I think he's hoping that I have changed so he can change. Oh, is he wanting an outlet? Is, oh. he, is, he, is he looking for oh, a wingman? Yeah, doubt. You know, we we all have you know our our heroes and and the people that we looked up to in this sport, and that's the problem. You know, every time I see Schrader, I'm like, damn it, still going, man. I thought I was going to be able to grow out of this. <laughs> thought I was going to be better. 
be a better adult, it's not going to happen. You're still <laughs> doing it. I tell him that all the time, but I mean, that guy is still on the gas, having fun, doing everything he did, you know, 15 years ago when I came into the sport. I remember a night at Watkins Glen, three o'clock in the morning. I'm sound asleep, man. I had my new motor home. It was like, an, I was just in Xfinity, you know, just it got going. I was excited. I thought I was a big deal. My front door blows open in the motor home. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was Schrader and all the guys. Hey, 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 you got any beer in here? I'm like, oh wow. my God, are you, are you serious? What, what's going on? It was a rain out and, uh, you know, just a, a wild night. And, and that's, that's how the sport was. Yeah. I mean, it was a good time. Those guys, they, they took care of business on the racetrack and, and had a damn good time doing it for it sure. It must have been something about Watkins Glen because the same thing happened to me one year at Watkins Glen. Trader blows up in the door to the, to, the, to the bus and says, come here. And I go three or four buses down and walk in, and it's him, Terry Labonte, all the guys yeah. are in this bus sitting there drinking. They'd been out riding around, looking, you know, watching fans be crazy in the middle of the night and stuff. And uh, I think they uh, in Sterling Marlin, they would all go to Watkins Glen and just cruise Saturday and Friday and Saturday. <laughs> but a hundred percent roles reverse of the way it should be, right? They were the old guys, and, yeah. and we were the kids that should have been out raising hell. Well, wasn't it? Wasn't the Schrader sponsor, would be? Wasn't it called Bud at the Glen? Schrader would be oh, yeah. second off in practice and say, <laughs> "I think we need to change the transmission because <laughs> that's going to take two hours." That was one of the coolest things about having you know Richard for a boss. Is there was several times we had had some good times over the years, and he'd tell me, "Hey, just." Man, you might tell them transmission's not running good, engine's bad. I don't know. To tell them something. Like, yeah. Well, hell, you're the boss. You tell them. <laughs> I was with you. <laughs> That's crazy. Boy, he was telling us some uh, some good running stories from the past this last week. Richard uh, definitely had a few to go with. You know, but the reason I, I I bring up the fact that I think you still have that reputation because you were the source of a poll question that we put out. Am I right? Yes. And so what was the question, Leah? So the question was, what current driver can keep up with Clint Boyer? Now, we can't put that out there unless Clint Boyer is a known hail raiser. <laughs> and we had a, somebody tweeted... With or without blowing a motor, which we did not clarify in the poll. Yeah, true. Well, well, hold on. Let's just – Clint will blow a motor now. No, he won't. Do you? Oh, yeah. 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 Been known to. Hmm. So let's just say well, – as, as long as you Good news run. is the trailer's full of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show up at the track. We're bringing extra engines. Damn straight, Skippy. So what Ain't was no the result? no quitting our game. So, <laughs> so you're puking rally? No, I can. Puking rally. Can. <laughs> I've tried to get a little bit better God, with that. I cannot that. puke and rally. I don't get sick. Oh, you done? I hardly ever get sick. But, what? Nobody uh, does 2% two, two at a but, time. But, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're literally hydrating yourself. <laughs> next, next week he's down to Bud, Bud 11s. <laughs> it took a lot to admit I drank I drank Bud yeah, 55. That's, that's a good point. Dale's over here bragging that he, I don't blow a motor. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ever blow motors back in the day. You drink a drum of it. You'll be fine, Dale. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever witnessed you blowing a motor. I, I gotta have at least I once. I never. I don't do. You, I never, maybe got sick once in ten years. Once really? in the last oh, two, wow. three. Yeah. Dang. It's not fun. No. It's not. Well, who did they say would would run with Clint? So 52 percent of people said Ryan Blaney, but 40 percent said nobody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nobody. So Blaney, people think Blaney he smiles. Can... <laughs> Let me tell you something about Ryan Blaney. Him and, and these little craps, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's 
so lucky. We're all so old and they're walking into this deal. I mean, when I came in, you know, you were still, you had been established, but you're still young. You know, there was so many uh, guys at your age, you know, that were still running hard and having fun and doing all these things. Um, you know, you, you didn't have anybody. These kids come in. We're all got our families. There's like we're a in giant bed. gap. Huge the, gap. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's way different than it was when I first came in. And I tell him and, and uh, Elliot all the time, like, you lucky bastards. I mean, look at you two. You're cleaning up. You got it all. Everything is, is yours. Uh, uh, you know, and they come over to the bus the other day. We're at Charlotte. These they, the two little punks come in the door. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? It's raining, you know, pouring rain. And I, I'd stay down. I had, had a, a commitment or something I had to do for the track and stayed down there. And Laura's like, just stay down there. I'd say, like, hey, ugh. anymore. Hey, how about when your wife says, well, just do it. You know, you're like, oh, oh, man, I don't know. I, are you sure? Like, I need my wife. She knows that I need her responsibility right. and her sense, you know, because I have no sense. And uh, <laughs> she's like, just stay down there, man. You'll be all right. The kids yeah. have fun. Because I told them these, these, they'd come blowing through the door, pull up with a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I get so, I, I think it's so funny. You know, when these young kids come in all tough, the little bean poles are weighed 90 pounds. You got a bottle of bourbon with them. Like, what, what are you, you going to do with that? What are you jackasses going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled out, made me a drink, Jack and Coke or something. We're sitting there cutting up and, and listening. They do have good taste in music. I dig that. I, I like that, Blaine. He's a good kid. And, uh, you know, we're just sitting there talking about race and talking. About, when you, the generation gap is that big, you find out pretty quick you don't have much to talk about. <laughs> we're not into That's the right. same yeah. things, but That's we're right. having fun. We're enjoying it. They're there 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and left. That's all that I was like. Well, did I fail? What did I do wrong? <laughs> they were done. Were they like, bored? We can't you? drink anymore. No, they were. They were done drinking. What? They had had one bourbon, and Chase was like, "Wipe uh, them out." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you, you show up with a bottle of of hell, yeah. and you you didn't raise hell. 30, Thirty-five <laughs> laps blew out the right rear. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, you, come on, man. These races are long. You got to get settled in. You can't. You can't go to the back <laughs> five laps in. Now it sounds. Now them fifty fives are sounding pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised that you know they came in. I was. I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. So you're saying what I'm hearing is that Blaney uh, hasn't necessarily earned the reputation of. No, no, I'm, I didn't say that. I said that was my experience. That was my first experience with them. I tell you, one of the coolest things that that he did when I won that race up in Martinsville. Uh, you know, everybody come over to the barn. And, and parties afterwards. He showed up, drove up 30 minutes up the road and, and showed up and, and threw down with us. Uh, you know, I uh, appreciated that a lot and, and respected that. We had a lot of fun that night. Well, that's all great. We want to know what the ultimate result of that was, though. I mean, we're not here about the gesture. We're here about the end. Uh, May the have result. had to go to a backup uh, <laughs> that night. Seems uh, like the. <laughs> did, does Blaney blow long, motors? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We should have asked him. I was out of commission by then. I don't see. I don't see. Uh, Chase, I don't think Chase has it in him. I don't think he'll. I don't think he does either. But you, I can't see Chase going to 4 a.m. at any point in his life. Ever. Ever. So, so, look, this guy is about to turn 40, I believe. Yeah. Oh. Now, what do you, before you give us your There's opinion. A key what, word what there is, about, damn it. What, what, does, what does a Clint Boyer birthday, with, on a significant milestone birthday, what do you think it ends up like? On the 40th. I on mean, the 40th. the 40th is the birthday. You know, because 50 is not going to be a razor. Nah, no. 40 is. <laughs> And it's kind of the last, it's it's the last big one. It's I mean it'll be, 
He'll need a lot of motors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I imagine it'll be a giant concert, like a really good act, probably Blake and somebody that Blake knows. And Blake's got to be showing up for this, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but it ain't yeah. going to be just Blake, because he sees Blake enough. Um, That's right. So, it'll be, so Blake will bring some big names. I mean, it'll be one you won't want to miss. Okay, how, how close is he? I think 40, I think he's right on the 40 deal, and, and he, he knows it better than anybody. He is that, but... Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 45 this year. 45 years old. Man, You're no, halfway crazy. over. I don't even look even uh, dude, over 30. 50 I don't years look old. a day over 35. Well... Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it, and I think he is right. I mean, that's that last one. You're like, man, you got to blow it out. Because yeah. you're starting... Hey, at 30, it hit me at 34. It's like you wake up the next morning, hey, what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, them hangovers hurt. Mm. They, and by 40 years old, they hurt bad. And you start... I think by 40, you start realizing that it's not worth it anymore. Um, kind of, right? But uh, Well, we'll uh, find out. No, I'm looking forward to it. We're going down uh, to the Bahamas and, and just got a group oh, of whoa. people. and Yeah, going to have It's planned. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, so, okay, so is Blake going? I'm not in on the surprise as much. You know, are, you're not are in you on a the surprise planning? guy? No, I don't plan anything. Yeah, so you don't know what's going on? I think going. the you worst know, mistake in life. You just know where you're life, going? That's all that needs to be planned. You just know the where you're going. The worst mistake in life is a plan. Well, who's planning it then? If it's not you, who's planning it? All we my wife uh, okay. and my brother and everybody was kind of in on on you know I just said hey let's go down there let's let's yeah let's do that and then from there what happens it's like happens. anything you can't plan a party how many parties have you tried to plan and they suck uh I don't know I plan a the lot best times are always just yeah. happen oh yeah always spontaneous ones yeah. yeah that's that's the that's for me the most memorable things that have ever happened to me are just things you wake up like. How in the hell did that happen? Well, you got to plan a little bit because if you end up with people there that you don't want, well, I don't think he's got to worry about that. Going to where are you going? Bahamas, Jamaica? Well, yeah, but you How end do up you end up with, anywhere with people you don't want. Well, that's never happened to you. No. Oh my gosh. And I can tell you this: You've, I've I, had a few I, parties I, where that's happened, and you were there. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> that means you saw it happen. Oh, he's not the one that oh, you didn't want. Well, oh, I thought that's what appreciate that meant. appreciate you. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what you said. That's what it sounded yeah. like, yeah. I okay. remember that party came so, to mind. So you're saying there are people that Clint was at that he should know about. Like, it should come to his mind. that You remember? I want, he's you been to a few parties where that's happened is what I mean. I would say there's got to be other race car drivers that show up at parties that nobody what wants I, to be around. This is a Oh, no, no, no. What? Even if you, like, uh, so... Sometimes race car drivers show up to parties, and you're even if you hate them, you're like, "Damn, he's here!" <laughs> have you ever? I mean, you've had you've been enough parties where I think I I am the personality, or I have the personality of it. Really doesn't matter if I hate him or not. Yeah, I'm gonna pick on him enough that we're gonna figure it out. Right. Even literally, it's put the put the hate card down for the day. I remember Jeff Gordon. I mean, this is recent, right after. That deal happened Phoenix? in Phoenix. Oh, I- we're down with Kevin Harvick and I and, and Guy Fietti, where We walk on this huge, massive boat down in St. Bart's. It's P. Diddy's boat. And Guy, thank God, Guy has crazy, terrible, god-awful hair. They recognized him. <laughs> Didn't recognize Harvick and I, but they recognized the cooking guy. <laughs> so we get on this big yacht and, and roll in there, and we're pretty worse for the wear. And the first person I see is Jeff Gordon and in, in Ingrid. And I'm like, hey, Harvick, we're, we're, 
feeling pretty good, feeling yeah. no pain. I said, watch this. I go over and grab him in a headlock and start acting like I'm punching him. And anger is flipping out. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. my God. <laughs> Even Gordon is like, oh, dude, what, what are you doing? I, I didn't mean it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding. Let's have some fun. But I'm going to go back to hating you tomorrow. I mean, that's just the way it's supposed to be, right? If, if you're going to enjoy a, a good time, how do you let somebody drag your good time down? There's no possible way. Yeah. There's got to be one time when you've been in a fight at a party or something like that. You've it's, never been in a fight at a party. I think everybody has those deals. But for me, it's like, dude, if you're not going to have fun, get the hell out of here. What, you know, we're here to have fun. Don't be an ass. Yeah. I got to I got to Don't be the ass. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the thing is is you want to make sure that everybody's having fun. And for me, when I have something going on, that's that's what I try to do is, you know, you're so focused on making sure everybody's having a good time that <laughs> I don't have any time for it. That's usually how all the um that's usually how all the if I had a bad relationship with a driver or even another crew chief or somebody, whoever I might have pissed off at some point in my career, it always got patched up when we would be find ourselves somewhere drinking beer. You're going to be like, hey, man, uh, forget about that crap. Yeah. You know? Because that's the first thing they want to bring up. I'm over it. Like, why mm. would you bring that up? This yeah. is a good time. You see this here, sir? This is a good time. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is talk about you pissing me off last week. <laughs> I'll I tell you a funny good Dale Jr. story that we're on here. Uh, oh, so shit. that party that he was talking about that I wasn't invited to and he wanted me to leave, I guess, is what he was implying. No. Before. Uh, I woke up in the theater the next morning. Oh, at his house. Well, I run out of people to talk to. He disappeared. You can't disappear at most people's houses. When I say disappear, I mean this man is just gone. And I am stuck in this basement looking around like, well, all right, I guess I'll, I don't have a ride. I rode over there with Kane. Kane, he, I can't he find him. Like on this house, it's like the, the Neverland. Like you're stuck. Oh, don't shake your head. That is your establishment. I mean, it's like being... Like even the barn down there, I knew where it was at. It was the the the, the western town and all that. Coolest place I've ever been to in my life. I couldn't have walked to the house back to the the, the western town to save my life. Right. I had no clue. Where you it need was a roadmap. Yes, sure. yes. Yeah. And the only roadmap was some big jacked up Chevy redneck truck <laughs> with no tag on it. This is the baddest <laughs> truck I've ever seen in my life. They had never been on the highway. I'm like, Dale, what? How come you don't take this truck on the road? Oh man, I, it's a some sort of truck. You can't even drive it. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say and describe is this is not a normal establishment. This is not like being at at our houses, right? Uh -huh. This is being uh, trapped. And when I mean trapped, I mean the doors no longer open. You have to have the keypad. You have to have no. a keypad to go upstairs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's you weren't You could whoa, go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're trying to like stick up for yourself as if that's normal. You can, <laughs> but you could go out the doors. Negative. So I wake up the next morning. <laughs> you had act. He had he was, uh, He's too drunk to figure out how to get out the actual door that has a normal lock on. I it. may let you off the hook that night. That, but when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I'm still stuck. It wasn't just the alcohol. I am stuck. <laughs> so finally, I'm talking, my phone was dead. I'm out, like, knocking on the upstairs door. That's that's not normal. People don't have a door no. to block off the house. You're knocking on doors like inside the house. It's like four knocks locked me in. <laughs> so I'm in jail, and, and these big, massive windows, you know, in the back that's really, really cool, opening up that beautiful pool that you can't get to because you're locked in this house. Finally, thank God, 
for the love of God, a landscaper comes walking by, and I'm beating on the door. I'm like, hey, hey, on the window, and he's looking at me. It's like, what? He comes over and opens the door. I've been released. Like, I escaped jail. <laughs> Finally. Did you ever think that being locked in there wasn't just a coincidence? That Who, they they he, might they might have had to put the uh, the troublemaker down in there and just lock him away. No negative. Like I would if you was at my house and acting like that, I'd have just locked you out of the house. I wouldn't have locked <laughs> right. you in, in the, the house. house. That's yes. true. That's yeah. a good point. This was uh, th- we had been going. This was like almost seeing the sun come up. No, it was bad. Yeah, we was on a on a uh, trying to outdo. You know when you don't hang out with with people very often. Oh yeah, you, you, you hear you know that guy. He's a badass. I'm, All right. <laughs> Put my it's big on. boy shoes on. It's right. on here. That was it. Was definitely one of those nights. Trouble. Do you remember this? Do you remember this by any chance? Uh, they the the times that I've hung out with Clint all run together. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they do. I can't remember one from the other because yeah, they they go till six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Real quick before we move on, let me tell you about a returning partner, Quip. Quip is an electric toothbrush designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. Mm. I'm telling you, handheld old school toothbrushes, they don't have sensitive sonic vibrations. Gentle enough to not affect your sensitive gums, Mike. My gums are great. Don't you worry about my gums. Perfect. The perfect teeth guy. (laughs) Well, the thing is, most people brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are just too abrasive. Quip is a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you to switch between sides, helping you guide to a full and even clean. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Uh, well, all all I know is I'm still stuck on sensitive sub su- sensitive sonic vibrations. Yeah, <laughs> sensitive sonic vibrations. Only Quip has that. That's why we love it, and that's why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Dale Jr. right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first re- that's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Dale Jr. And shiny teeth. You know the best thing about those breakfasts <laughs> were was the thick cut bacon. You remember that? Oh yeah! Holy crap! I've never ate bacon in my life. Which brings was us all the good. way back to when Clint decided he's going to be a pig farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I ne- God Almighty! It's like quarter inch thick. Wow! That's oh man! Cold. And it was crispy. You man, know, I'm going to make you some fanistols in Emporia, Kansas, where I'm from. Has uh, and I just got some for Blake. The steak cut bacon. Don't I mean, I'm what? talking like half-inch thick heart attack in a package. Oh. It's oh, my gosh. Oh, man, it's good. Damn. Emporia, so you went back to Emporia, and you donated enough money to build a community center there? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, one of the first things that we did. Um, you know, hey, when you get an opportunity like this and, and you get paid well for that opportunity, you want to give back. You know, you, you know that. Um, you've Nobody's done it better than you. But that was my opportunity to go back and, and try to establish some sort of a, you know, charitable cause. And and once we did that, uh, we kind of went back there and it was like, all right, well, where are we going to have this? It was like we didn't have a place. It was the first thing that you know really. Uh, and I had just, I will never forget, I had just been to the Victory Junction Game Camp, um, you know. So I and and we were actually uh, went to the Kansas City chamber or something um with with patty i'll never and was trying to pitch a new idea for victory junction game camp right out by kansas speedway they had this big plan and and a drawing of what the building was going to be like and as soon as i saw that it was like all the stars lined up Mm. that's what that's exactly what we need in emporia and i 
pretty much took a modified version of that drawing, and, and that's what we built. A um, place to, you know, a community center, a place to have anything from weddings to business, uh, you know, uh, meetings and events uh, to to school things, kids first and foremost yeah. with everything. I mean, it's so much fun to be able to give back for kids, but um, the event, you know, Blake came and played <laughs> the, the, the grand opening of it and knocked it out of the park and Dang. made a bunch of money that night. Um, that's the hardest thing about having somebody like him is you can't build a big enough venue to, to capitalize on, on your talent, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to kick off that, that building and, um, you know, just, just to be able to give back when you, you go back to Emporia, you see the, the playgrounds and all the stuff, uh, you know, and, and makes you feel good that you've actually made all your family still lives back there. Well, my old man has figured out a pretty good program. He bounces back and forth. Uh, mom, she stays pretty close to those grandkids. She lives, uh, you know, or stays on the farm quite a bit. There's a house up there that they have and they bounce back and forth. I mean, it's, this isn't a normal life. You know, he still has his toe in business and, uh, has good people, you know, that, that were running it or working there when I was a kid and, and, um, you know, still there today. So it's just a good, good combination for him. Works your, well. bro- your brother, I hear that he's, people think Clint Boyer's crazy. I hear that he's even crazier. He is. I've never, I don't, I mean, I've met him, met him, but I've never really hung out with him. Up until he turned 40, we looked a lot alike. Oh, yeah? Uh, Y'all did? Yeah. You don't look like anymore? He had a thyroid issue about a year ago. Looks to me like. (laughs) Looks to me like. (laughs) It's stuck wide open. Is it either stuck wide open or it fell asleep? What happens when you... (laughs) When you put on about a hundred pounds, <laughs> is that? What, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't did stop your thyroid eating. quit or does it go <laughs> wide open? He didn't stop. He didn't change his diet when he hit forty. Like, <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and there is a chance. Yeah, if you ain't careful, you'll start to look like him again. Man, I, it's, you'll know when I retire. I'm gonna be fat and happy. You'll see it. You will see it. I got a question for you. Um, there's a thought. There's a thought. You know, we talk about all these fun stories, but. You know, you just or Dale just uh, spoke about a very serious side of you and something you're doing to give back. Now, I want to talk about from a sports standpoint, and mm-hmm. we've talked about Blaney and all this stuff. And we, you know, we think back to the, uh, you know, the the couple of qualifying sessions a few weeks ago where you were very <laughs> animated. And I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, to, to joke at. I'm saying is that there's a theory that that had not as not as much to do with what exactly happened to you on the track, but more about the optics of our sport because the sport means a lot to you and how we are perceived and that like you heard booze and it affected you more is that true or false oh i think i'm very passionate about that I'm, I, I love the opportunity they've been given um think a lot of it i think a lot of the the people that that helped me get established um you know in this sport that that has meant so much to me i'm i'm aware i don't need anybody to to i guess form their opinion i know in my heart that, that i'm aware of of the pride that i have of, of being a part of this sport and and i do love it you know, uh, it did bother me when when I got out. I've never ever seen anybody boo. You know, and and it wasn't booing Kyle Bush or Jeff Gordon because you know of a scenario. They 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 booed us. And, All of and, you. yeah, and and that that bummed me out, and and it, it kind of fired you up. But you know, I think as a sanctioning body, you're answering to so many different people. Um, the fans, you know, it's no different than the drivers. You know, we have those driver. Uh, uh, meetings, um, you know, and, and you, you, they get in there, they kind of break us up anymore. And at first I'm like, man, the communication gets, it's, you know, you talk about one conversation in one meeting and you don't in the next, that's dangerous. But I've put us all together before and I've seen them put us all together before. And everybody has so many different opinions that you can't get, um, you know, anything accomplished. 
Um, you know, I think the dialogue is definitely there across the board. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, you're heard, um, you know, and, and sometimes you're not, but I, Hey, I get it. You know, I think Jim France being there, you know, he sat next to me in, in those meetings and that we had just this last week in Richmond. Um, you know, I think having the guy there, having somebody there mm-hmm. that's, that's capable of, of making that decision and, and, you know, wrong, right or indifferent, make, pull the trigger. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the world we live in right now. And and if it doesn't work, drop back and punt. You know, I I, I commend them for trying. Uh, you know, the qualifying thing. I think on paper, you know, it looks really good. You know, we all watch that in in you know Daytona every year, and man, that's exciting. But you can't duplicate that on a mile and a half track. You can't put a car, you know, in a scenario where the first car out is at a deficit, you're going to do whatever you can do to maximize the opportunity to try to be that last car, because you know, that's your best opportunity. That's not, that's not a realistic thing. It it doesn't matter if it's, you know, some people say, well, just put four of them out there. Well, you can't do that. You're still going to fight over being the last car. The last car is the fastest car. You can't have that. Um, and I guess for me, I think it's always important not to just put the complaint in, you, you better have if you're gonna complain have an idea you know what I mean I I don't I don't like people that just just come up with something and say that sucks you know and walk off uh give me an idea you know what I mean and and whether they listen or not or whatever I mean I, that's what my point was when I talked to I didn't air you know anything displeasure anything on on you know other than my interview my rant but I mean I didn't didn't say anything you know about the situation uh you know on anyone in particular i called steve o'donnell and and described my weekend how that came to to fruition on on that qualifying event i unloaded i wasn't fast enough we weren't good enough in in qualifying trim um put our car in race trim knowing that i needed to draft i got out there and when newman got up there and got me stuck in the middle i was like well they're gonna call me sitting here so i gotta go well, lo and behold, guess what? I went out there by myself, and guess what? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't fast enough. Qualified 25th. I said, I'm telling you, no smoke and mirrors. That's what happened. That's how I got there, and I wasn't fast enough, and that's why I was frustrated. But, I mean, I to the point when, when I called him, I was like, hey, man, we have dirt late malls that race all across the country. You know, sometimes you go to races, and, and they pill draw. The guy that sits on the pole pill draws and inverts the top six rows. Maybe do something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I had at least have some ideas in the in the idea jar too, not just the complaint jar. Um, you know, f- to heat races. That I know that ain't a popular opinion. I mean, I was a guy that went in there this week and said, "Hey, you know, we're talking about Gen Seven cars and all this stuff. Show me on that list all these things that we're doing. What's going to make these things wreck?" Right. Wow. What did you just say? Everybody turned around. The driver's like, "What the hell? What do you mean?" I'm like. I mean, that's what's going to – we got to figure out how to have some cautions and have these cars, you know, crashing every now and then. I mean, I get it. We don't need to hurt anybody. It doesn't need to be dangerous. Um, But when I go to a race, I I know – back in the day when we didn't talk about qualifying, we just showed up and watched. How many times pre-06 did you see a car crash just flat out bust their butt all on their own and qualifying trim all by themselves? How many times that happened? Every week, maybe. Almost every week. You don't – I mean, you – on the edge. You arguably can't go crash certain, these cars. Well, you can go to certain racetracks and see it multiple times. You know, you go to Texas and stuff and, and see it multiple times because of the track being so treacherous. I agree. I, th- I mean, I think uh, there's been a little chatter on social media about how, the, you know, there's nobody spinning out. The cars are completely stable. Um, you were talking about ideas uh, for qualifying. You mentioned heat races, pill draws. What would be your idea going to, if you had to go to the mile and a half, if you had to go to Texas tomorrow, what would you do? 
I would probably, if I had to fix this, if it was mine to, to try to say it, and I'm not sold that it needs fixed. Yeah. I think Bristol the other night, you know, all I talked about, I did interviews last week, and the only thing I talked about was was the empty grandstands. I don't want to talk about the empty grandstands. I want to talk about the damn race. That was a good race. That was the best race that I had been in in probably six six years at that Bristol track. They finally found a good combination with, with the, the traction compound that they had. Um, it was there by the end of the race. I was past a lot of cars on the bottom, moved some cars. There was some carnage. There was some good racing side by side. That was good atmosphere. I mean, if, if a fan didn't like what they saw there, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that it can get a whole lot better. You don't have the anticipation of watching a car hold up six, seven cars and knowing, hey, buddy, don't go get that beer. He's fixing to wreck him. You know, I mean, I get that. <laughs> that was real, and I understand that. But but I'm telling you, that was the first time in a long time I've been in the car, and you're working your ass off, and you're like, man, this is, this is good racing. Um, I think if you went back on a timetable, um, you know, when we put the cars on the ground, you know, went to the, the no ride height rule. I, I, I think that was a step. I hate to say it. The horsepower was, was a step. Um, you know, I get that, that we need to, uh, you know, to be enticing to, to the, the manufacturers, the OEMs. If they need less horsepower to make that attractive to somebody else, let's figure it out. But I also think as we've graduated through, you know, down the lines and evolved with side force and all the things that we've learned, um, having them things down on the ground and, and, you know, figuring out the underbodies and all the downforce that we've found in the underbody and then that side force. You know, you take the side force off these things with no blade on the back of them, you're not going to be hung out. And, and when that thing goes sideways, guess what? She's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at all these old cars on the wall and stuff like that, you know, they weren't all branched out at, and and you know when you look when you look at our cars they all look like a dually fender on the left side and they're straight as a board on the right mm-hmm. side i mean it's no oh, yeah that's a wedge body late model on the, on the back <laughs> of it you know what i mean i mean that's that's what our late models look like i think you take some of those things away the other thing the quick fix if i had to fix short track racing and and, and if the if the goal was in fact to create some cautions mm-hmm. how many times back in the day not meaning to at all, you'd roll under to turn one at Richmond, get into somebody and wreck them. Happened all the time. Yeah. The bumpers are lined up in a way right now where it almost aids the car. Really? You might flip them off out the window, but y'all throw them the peace sign too because it just catapulted you past whoever you were trying to pass door to door. Um, you know, you used to to act get in a corner too hard. Maybe he checked up for somebody in front of him, and and you took their rear tires five inches off the ground or spun out. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh my God, I just wrecked 12 cars, dude. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I got nothing. I'll try to call him Monday. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. I mean, literally did not mean it Had no intention. Of, I wasn't pissed at him. He didn't do me wrong. I, I got into him and, and spun him out. Um, <laughs> didn't you win the Richmond happens. race where, uh, where, so where the same awesome. thing happened to you and Kyle, right? He did. Why did you piss him off that day? I did. I mean, he. Oh, it was so obvious. It was obvious. Nothing happened. He had it out for you. I mean, I don't know. Did you say something to him? No. Are you kidding? You don't remember all this? Oh, it was like you had you. You'd piss. He wants us to tell the story. Oh, is that what it is? Is he baiting us? (laughs) So far, lucky lucky you. Hey, you were in the right place at the right time. (laughs) Hey, if it makes feeling better, the hangover hurt like hell. Yeah, it was a good time. Was that the one? Was that the party where the where the blo- uh, the tor- the blowtorch come out? Like did oh, the flamethrower? The flamethrower? I don't know. 
You have a flamethrower, right? Yeah, it happens a lot, I feel like. <laughs> that was when I thought, oh, man, that guy's next level. Because I didn't have flamethrowers. Flame no. When it got next level and we were running out of gas out of the, the tank so much <laughs> that I thought, man, let's just go tap into the diesel tank down there. Oh, my <laughs> heavens. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. We could just drill and tap the diesel tank and would never run out. You, just have to stand you didn't do it, though. Yeah. You just have to get a longer hose. Crazy. That's oh when God. it got out of hand. Oh, my. Oh, so you did it? No, but oh, it would okay. have been a hell of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still a 40th What's, your, what's the biggest win? Do you think Martinsville is your biggest win, your favorite win? I think, uh, yes, it was definitely my favorite. Uh, always, I don't think, you know, the biggest win is always your first win. Um, you know, that was my welcome to, to, the, to the big time. You did know? you, where'd you yeah. put the clock? Clock's in the living room. Um, How long did you wind the clock? Man, that's a, that's a real thing. That is a real question. Not very long. Uh, I think it's more important that it's your wife. She's like, are you over it yet? I like that thing. Is <laughs> so, so tell me, what, what's the... Every uh, hour, bud. Every hour is what the V is. is every right? hour, it reminds you that you won that race. Yeah. Every hour. It also <laughs> reminds your children that are up every hour when they hear that damn thing. Yeah. Bong. <laughs> bong. So the, fun, the thing to me is, is that Dad had... We had one of those clocks right by the front door of the house when we lived on the lake. And uh, that thing rang. It worked. And I never thought about it. It never entered my mind. Like somebody's whining this thing once a once a co- every couple of days. It rang and rang and rang as long as I lived there. Didn't think nothing of it. I win a clock. I'm excited. I'm gonna wind this damn thing. You damn right, it's gonna ring in my house. <laughs> I had to, you have to wind it every two days. Oh yeah. I'm like, how in the hell did Dad's ring for ten years? Stayed wound. <laughs> Somebody was whining that damn thing. I got tired of whining it after a while. I did too, and and that's. But I got tired of it reminding you that you won. But I'm telling you, every time Martinsville rolls around, you oh, go yeah. over there and give her a crank, baby. Fire <laughs> that baby back up. Let's get the juices flowing here. Get some excitement. Yeah, I tell you what, man. The, the troubles of a grandfather clock owner. My goodness. I know. This I, week, on, this week on the right, download. All right, all right, all right. The yeah, plight. How dare us complain? Yeah, yeah, I tell you. I only have one, man. I, I still I ain't bitching about it too much. Yeah, I got, I got one. I'm damn happy about it. We got a lot more of the Clint Boyer interview coming up. But before we get to that, we got a new partner. Listening makes us smarter and more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and even leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month. One audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Wow. Meditation. Meditation. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more. All professionally narrated by actors, Arthurs. (laughs) Did I add an R? Yeah. Arthurs. (laughs) I love that movie, Arthur. And motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins. Stud. Really? Yeah. And Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime. It will always pick up right where you left off. That's what I like. I mean, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Don't start over. Yeah. <laughs> Am I, you know, that's the thing about a real book, man. You're sitting, you know, you can spin that page over. You open the, yeah. It's so annoying. I'm in the middle of reading a book right now, and uh, this will be nice. 
if I knew where I was left off every time. Because, <laughs> you know, you look at the two patients, you go, where, where was I? Yeah, right. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you can keep forever, even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. I have a good recommendation for your first book on Audible. Ooh, I know where this is going. How about Racing to the Finish, my story? Yeah, that's my book. It's on there, and you can listen to it on Audible right now. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash Junior or text Junior to 500-500. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash Junior or text Junior to 500-500. Now back to Clint Boyer. You own a dirt team, started that team in 2008. Why do you own a dirt team? What is that? Are you going to go back and drive dirt cars one day? Do you do you hope that maybe this is because I have this going on with me? Do you hope that maybe fifteen years from now you still own that team and you can go run? You know, I, I hope that I still own it. Yes. Um, why do I have the dirt late model team? Because that's that's the only thing I've ever known. Um, you know, since I can remember, I always it's expensive though. Like it's yeah, it's got to be an undertaking for you with your. I guess I, we should start with this. The older I get, the longer I've been in the sport, some of the most fun things that I really do enjoy are the relationship sides of this. I, I love the racing. There's no question. I love getting in that car, especially when that hot rod's fast and you're mowing up through the field. There's nothing better than knowing I'm going to pass this bastard. I mean, nothing better, you know? And But I really do enjoy what's on the side of those race cars. They're not, they're not sponsors. They're not partners. They're relationships. And, and over the years, I've had a lot of them, um, you know, I, the partners and sponsors that are on the side of, of my dirt late models are, are ones that I've had clear back, you know, from RCR days or, or from, from MWR days. I mean, uh, you, being able to keep those relationships alive and, and keep them through the dirt late models or, or whatever the case may be um, is really enjoyable for me. You know, those conversations, those helping each other out, you know, I, I love when a new partner comes on board and, and you're like, let's figure them out. Let's, let's, let's utilize our tool of a, of an unbelievable fan base to help them, um, be a part of, of what we're doing and, and not just for this month or, or this year for many years to come. You know, that's, that's my most fun thing to do is, is try to make their dollar worth something and, and make them happy that they made that decision. Um, the fan base themselves. I think, you know, all of what we do on Sundays is established on a weekly racing thing. Your love for motorsports started at being at Lakeside Speedway or being at, at, at a local track um, anywhere across the country. You know, those are the race fans that come and support on Sundays. And, and, and that's that the millions of fans that are on the road every single day weekend watching a race it might not be at richmond last saturday night but it may have been down the road at at you know hickory or one of these tracks i mean the reason they didn't go there is because man it was a special going on in, in our own backyard i mean there's race fans all across the country enjoying good racing everywhere and uh, i love being a part of that I, I think that fan base is is phenomenal i think the racing itself at late model you know dirt late model racing is, is second to none that was my dream i didn't dream of being on what the hell is this? Dirty Mo, Dirty Mo ra- Radio or pod? Is it a podcast? Yeah, yeah, you, we're close. You're in the ballpark. I mean, you didn't even, <laughs> couldn't even. I still have a Dale Junior number eight Budweiser sign at my dad that I had when I was. It was in my apartment, um, you know, in, in in Emporia. It's in the 
her now, but uh, of course, um, literally in the. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it is. I walked in my dad's uh, uh, towing service the other day, and and it's 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 there in in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> I mean, those those were those were that wasn't a dream. That was that was things that were larger than life and 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 not reachable. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is, racing a dirt late model for a living, and and you know, I always wanted a semi. Man, that's all I ever wanted is a big rig. You know, I, I didn't want a damn dually and a and a fifth wheel. I always wanted one of them big trucks, a big stacker hauler, and that was really the only thing I ever wanted. Um, so being able to keep keep that and, and and race those cars week in and week out is something that means a lot to me. So <clears throat> you talked about your, you know, your your career and racing with Richard and racing with Michael Walter. You ran a year with Harry Scott. What was, uh, what did that, do you think about that time in your career today? Does it, did it help you? And I'm sure you get this question a lot, but did it, does it continue today to help you appreciate where you are and the, the opportunity you have in the car today? No, not at all. It was hell and, and it wasn't good. Wow. It wasn't, it was a, a bad time in my life and it's something that, that I just, no, I didn't appreciate anything of it. Um, I was, you know, I, I, I was aware of, what was going on and didn't like it and, and didn't believe in it and, and was frustrated. I, you know, there was just a, it was a bad time, but, uh, um, you know, it, it makes you appreciate when you get around an establishment like Stuart Haas racing with yeah. the men and women that make up that racers. Did you that, think that you that would drive get, to, did you think you would get that chance again? Um, yeah, because it was already signed up and done. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I was that was, a, it was such a different thing. It wasn't like you fell back and, and that's all you had. It was either that or sit, sit on, on my ass and, for, and yeah. a, you know and, and do a podcast or something. I mean, it was <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was it was literally you know all all that we had. And and hey, we had a, a great group of of partners that were along with the ride. And and you know, I was trying to keep relevant. And and I that was the plan, you know. And that was a frustration too, is it wasn't relevant. And and it, it was so bad that that I lost a lot of those relationships, and and because they they stuck their neck out for me, and like I said, it was it was a tough that was that was the toughest thing. It had nothing to do with with anything other than than the people that that I I cared about, you know, went over there with me, and and I let them down, and it pissed me off. Yeah, damn. That's that, I I remembered that. I thought that you already knew what was on the backside right. of it, and you just confirmed that. So that. I, yeah, I, I'm not to say that that made it better or worse. What you're saying is it didn't matter. That year was hell. Oh yeah, it was it was bad. But uh, what the hell did you bring that up for? We was having so much fun talking about he drinking and old days. Well, yeah, how did that help your drinking life? Well, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, it was. I tell you what, you're appreciating things like that is your family. That that's what gets you through things like that, family and friends, and and uh, you know, kids having those kids right then and there was a perfect time to get your mind off of, of a bad situation going on in your life. Um, I've said it time and time again: them kids, they'll change you. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't you don't realize that, don't understand the impact of that until you have them, and the pride that goes into those. You know, that's why Martinsville. Going back to to you know what was the biggest win was was Martinsville because of my family was there. That was the only thing that I hadn't accomplished is to be able to get my family in Victory Lane. You know the the only thing that ever scared me about you know kids and raising them is if this was all gone tomorrow, man, they didn't they didn't remember or see any of it. You know, and and finally to get that that picture in Victory Lane and and having Cash and, and Presley up there with Laura was see was that's why I asked me. that question. It's good content. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> he led you right where he wanted yeah. to go. 
It was about Speaking your kids. Speaking of cash, <laughs> I'm always uh, curious uh, now that I'm a dad, um, especially with people that are that have kids right around that four or five, six year age. They got to be. He's got. He's already riding dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. You started in dirt bikes yep. as a kid. Like, do you do you dream about where he's going, where he might go? Do you just kind of let it happen? Do you daydream about that at all? Do you wonder about him being a race car driver and being what you, your role in that'll be? Do you let yourself do that, or do you just kind of take one day at a time? You know, the hardest thing, and I think you know you can attest to this, is is being. I guess us or being a race car driver or being the guy, right? I mean, you're, you're the guy. And, and the hardest thing about that is, is that the thing I love about kids, they help you realize how selfish you are. And, and, you know, through that, yes, I think about, you know, what he wants to do or what's good for him, you know, school right now. I mean, you're like, you panicked to it. What, you know, first it was the name. Damn, what we're going to name him? I'm freaked out about that. It's got to be a cool <laughs> name. Something he's proud of, whatever. And then, and then it's like it, it fast forwards to to where where are we going to put them to school? You know they got to have oh, a good yeah. education, and it's so important. And 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 then it's it's yes, what what's he want to do? Have you? I know you haven't. There ain't no way in hell. Have you ever been asked to be an uh, an assistant coach on a t ball team or a soccer team or something like that? I've I've actually coached the soccer team. That's the worst yeah. thing a friend can do to you. Throw you under the bus and that deal. And then change the schedule around to where there's no way in hell you're going to get out of it either. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so you were asked Because how many times it? when you say, Dale, when you tell somebody, you'll, you know, somebody puts you on the spot, yeah, no problem. You're oh, like, yeah. There ain't no way in hell I'm going to do that. <laughs> but, but what do you say? Did, did that happen to you? I am the assistant coach for the dirt bags. The, uh, <laughs> of course you are. Yes. Is that what they're called? No, wait, no, wait, does that have anything to do with your kid? Or is that? Yes, okay, this that is, is still a cash story. This is where I'm going okay. with this. this T-ball <laughs> is, is a big thing when you're up there around the Winston-Salem area. And, and the good thing about myself and, and, and trying to raise cash and Presley and everything is is – we're so close to my, my brother and his family. We've always lived together, you know, close to it. And, and they're always over at the house. We're over at their house. My nephew, Lincoln, I mean, I've, I've been really close to him as he's grew up. You know, I've, I've seen things that he was into or, or, you know, learned things about him that I, you know, put forth to, to you know, trying to raise cash right. And, and I've learned a lot through watching him grow up. Uh, I was fortunate to have that and be close to that. So, just like Lincoln, we're playing T-ball right now, and we suck. But that's okay. You know what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know what your your job is as a coach of a T-ball team? There's only one. Do not re- suck? No, that's not even it. Your sole responsibility as the T-ball coach is snack. The, they, all they really <laughs> care about is is the juice no, box or the snack. No, it's not Danny Lines either. No. Quit it, picking it the is. damn Danny Lines that, up. Pay attention. <laughs> oh, you're, <laughs> you're telling somebody to pay attention. That's what it's oh – it's terrible. That's why the I'm the irony. worst coach in the world. I mean, I'm, I have the equivalency of a four-year-old mindset out there. I'm like, well, pretty damn good Danny Line right there, anybody. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, like, can, can any of us think of this possibility <laughs> that Cash is telling the coach – his dad to quit picking dandelions over oh, there. It's brutal. And then <laughs> my friend that his son and, and Cash are the same age. He's the coach. He's like the coach. He's he's into it, it and played ball in college. And he is the guy. Uh, Brian is such a, a good coach and, and is knowledgeable and, and is really good at, at making those kids good. Um, me, I am terrible. Like I literally had no intention at all when I told him I'd help of helping at all. Right. And now he changed it to where practices are on Monday 
what well, you don't do anything on Monday. Mondays are we, we, what it's our off day. That's, that's right. our Saturday. So he literally took your off day. Yes. Man. So pissed me off. So you got practice today? I guess we're on. Oh yeah. If I ever get out of what is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. We may be t- doing you a favor. <laughs> but uh, yes, if we could run this till six o'clock tonight, <laughs> I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Take a beer break here in a little bit and roll on through. Um, but I guess where I'm going with all this is, is he, I don't think he's into that. I don't, you know I mean? How can you be into something? I've watched Harrison Burton grow up. I've watched, um, you know, Carson, all these mm-hmm. kids grow up in this garage, Chase Elliott. How can you possibly be into anything else? That's the only thing you know. I mean, when he gets behind the wheel of a go-kart, he's wanting to lean on you already. You know, if you're racing with him <laughs> in something, he's like trying to run over and, and you know, rub on you. Or if he gets on a motorcycle, he's already trying to beat you. You know what I mean? The competition side of, of their mindset is is all about gears, and, and in my opinion. And, and that's the other thing. You don't believe in it. I don't – T-ball sucks. <laughs> Elliot you Sadler know, would disagree with I, you. I got him. I don't even, you're telling the truth there. But uh, – I guess what I'm saying, if it doesn't burn gas, it sucks. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, well, is that the way Cash feels? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if the dad feels that way, there's yeah. 100%. How do you think we became race car drivers? Yeah. That's how our dad felt. My dad, I had he would go to the shop, and I was going whether I wanted to go or not. And when we got there, he went to work on whatever his car was, and I had to find something to entertain myself with. And so just Which was not an iPad. No. That's right. my next was, beef in life yeah. right now. Oh, is there? Yeah. That's uh, So where are you with that? Me and Amy, Isla doesn't mess with our phones, doesn't play with our phones. What? But, man, when she when we're eating at a restaurant, the phone comes out. Well, feel, she can't differentiate that between a block. Like yeah. if she's looking for well, something she to watches the, the, the She sees the videos. She knows where the videos are at. They're the, coming from the phone. But I, I, don't, I don't like it before we eat. After we eat, if you're trying to, you know, finish up and, and you know, because what do they eat? Three or four bites and right. then they're done. Then you get home. Then they want a snack. And it's like, it's everybody. It's, re, it's reality. But after they're done eating, if they eat what, what you know, ask them to eat, if they want to chill out for a minute. I mean, it keeps, I remember being a kid. You remember being in the booth? Throwing food over the over the backside of the thing, parents don't oh, even a, know. At a, at a restaurant, yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> making faces of the people behind you, and raising <laughs> hell. I mean, that was all stuff that you don't want your kid to do, you yeah. know. And and that's the other thing. I mean, when you still knows when you go to eat dinner at at your everybody's looking at you anyway. You mm-hmm. know, everybody recognizes Cash. I'm just Cash's dad anymore after his interviews on. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah. I'm literally, and, and I'm, I'm Cash's dad, so everybody, he walks in first, everybody gets a look in, you know, so your last thing you want is him throwing a salsa cup over the, the booth, you know, I mean, if he wants to play Legoland for a minute on your phone, have at it. Yeah, so, so I feel it's okay if we're having, if we're in a public place like that, I'm like, yeah. whatever, whatever it keeps her from ruining everybody else's right. experience. But then you worry about people judging you. Well, yeah, oh, look, I'm not even paying attention. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there. Father Isla, of the year right there. Isla scraped, got a little scratch on her forehead, and I was like, damn, Amy, we got a hat or anything we can put on her? <laughs> we're, going to get, we're going to eat lunch. People can't see this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait till they start racing or riding motorcycles, stuff like that. My dad, my dad is the worst when it comes to grandkids. He has done rake. What? It was a whole face job to my oh. my uh, my 
Lincoln, my nephew, he dropped him off of the golf cart one time, ripped his, his face, is all scabbed up. Casey and I are standing there. He comes back. Boy, I, I screwed up bad. We look at him like, oh, my God, God what, what yeah. have you done, you know? Last week, he's riding motorcycles with Cash. Cash comes back, and he's all I, like mud from head to toe down his back. You could tell he went down somewhere. And Dad, nope, he wasn't doing nothing on me. It wasn't my fault. You know, <laughs> before Cash even had a chance to say anything, Dad's already, it wasn't my fault. Diffusing you know? blame. So you get to look at Cash's back's all scratched up. First thing you think, oh, man, don't show your mom. Of course, he goes in, takes a shower that night. Oh, my God. What? Have you seen this? What did you do? Grandpa run me over. I'm like, oh, man. But uh, grandpas are, hey, it's just like they're a grandpa. They're the luxury of coming in and raising hell with that kid and showing him, giving him candy and juicing him all up. All right. See you. Peace out. out. Yeah, that's a pretty good pretty good opportunity you, for them you talking about restaurant booths it made me think about you've been in the broadcast booth a little bit over the last couple of years how has that made you uh do you even enjoy that i mean obviously you must because you keep going up there or is it one of those things where somebody asks you to do it and you're like yeah sure and you really don't want to do it no i enjoy <laughs> i really do enjoy it i think it's fun i think it's really easy yeah um damn thanks <laughs> <laughs> so easy you just it's just so easy poor sweat and Work your ass off. I mean, literally, it's, you don't even you don't even have to push the button. It's like a headset. <laughs> it, it sits on your head, and you talk, you talk. and literally talk Just about like the same thing you've talked about your whole life. Yeah, and right. that's where I say is it it comes naturally because you're you're bench racing just like you are with your buddies and i feel that way you know i feel like you're sitting here watching a race, which by the way is the best bird's eye view of of a race yeah. ever. You have the 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 most um, advanced technology you know, right in front of you showing you everything that you always dreamed of. I'm telling you, I want to mount that screen in the booth on my dash of the car. I got it. I don't need anything else. You give me that, you wear them out. Just, yeah. Don't even need a spotter anymore. I'm telling you, Brett, <laughs> Brett thing yeah. of the past. <laughs> <laughs> if you had that, you would you would literally not need anybody. But, uh, um, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is in all seriousness, it is fun to go up there and bench race with whoever you are in there the last time it was with kevin this is a guy that from the very first day i walked in the door of the nascar scene kevin was my teammate so sitting there as a teammate in the booth looking down and, and calling a race which by the way was an awesome race you know i i, I picked bristol um for you know, a reason well i didn't get to pick but i i, I was I, I had Bristol, and I was excited about that because I knew the opportunity was there for it to be a good race. But I think opportunity is a, a, you know, a, a thing that everybody blows out of proportion when they, when they see our races. The opportunity is there at any racetrack to be a great race. It's not always a great race. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you been down at Hickory or, or one of these local tracks, and it might just blow the roof off the place one night? I mean, just all hell broke loose. It was awesome. Everything was perfect. But then all of a sudden, the next week, it was uneventful, and the leader won by a half a track. Sure. I mean, it, it's racing. But it's that way in a football game. It's that way in a baseball game. It's always that way. I mean, yesterday, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm up and down. I'm up and down. I'm nervous as hell. I'm like, what am I? This is golf. The most boring thing I've physically ever done in my life. I am on the edge of my seat, glued to the TV. It was as intense as any sporting event I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were down. They were tied for the lead. Yeah. They were tied for 
second place, five deep. I mean, one way or another, and, and the biggest name in the sport that everybody was wanting to win could have been out, could have been could have been way out. He could have went from the lead to tenth all in the, in the last two holes. I mean, it was uh, it was as good as as it, it could be, you know, for any sport. And and I guess for a, a sports fan or going back to the booth or anything else, you're happy for the sport. You yeah. know, you're happy for that individual. But I was happy for golf. I mean, for the most part. When you think about golf, I don't think about excitement, and I damn sure don't think about wasting my whole Sunday afternoon off um, to watching that. You know, I was I was had plans to do everything, and, and because of the, the intenseness and, and because of the the atmosphere that was going on, I was glued to it. Couldn't get away. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we hope you come back. Uh, hope you had fun. Will you come back? I mean, yeah. like, let's say like, well, now that you've done this, we've yeah. gone what an hour and fifteen. Well, the funny thing is, we is it, we were all talking about things we wanted to talk to you about, but man, we just got going and started talking about partying and drinking and all that stuff. That was great. Like, we didn't so, even talk about half the stuff we want to talk about, so you, we'll have to. That's have all right. Do you think there's any opportunity of me having a job or a career after I've done this podcast right now? I, I'd say uh, career in both. I mean, the driving thing you got down. So podcast basically, thing, just be yourself. If I can't get it. a beer route after this, some sort of delivery route, I'm done. <laughs> now that we need a beer podcast, we're an official alcoholics. <laughs> basically, <laughs> what we've told the public. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they knew that yes. already. <laughs> I think that was a secret. <laughs> now I'm proud of you, man. You've done a good job, but you know everybody worries. I think you've you've paved the way for all of us to. Everybody to worries. Know, what you worry about. <laughs> You know what's next? Yeah. What whatever else? And I'm telling you right now, I hope that next isn't anywhere around the corner. I'm having as much fun in that car as I've had in a long time. Yeah, our, our car is good. The last four weeks in a row, we've been spot on. Been knocking on the door. We're gonna get. You're in your prime. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's yeah. fun again. And you asked about 2016. That wasn't fun. And and I've told people time and time again, I'm with the right group. The fit factor is important to me. Um, this is fun again. And and I think the sport is. You know, we've we've finally got. Um, you know, Jim and, and people that are that are making big changes, drastic changes. Um, you know, that are positive things for our sport. Um, you know, but but I guess what I'm saying is is you also make the other side of that look pretty fun too. You know what you got going on. This is look how much fun you guys are having. You're you're doing things that you just you did even when you're racing. And I think it's so important to to have. You know, when we talked about family and friends. You're you're the epitome of that. I mean, look, you're you're surrounded by all the people that when you came into this sport that you had before, you're still doing it together. Yeah. And I think that's where people go wrong. You know, is when they turn their backs on those people through their career and they were selfish and and arrogant and and didn't have anybody, true friends. When it's over with, they're sitting there with nothing. And and somehow, some way, you've uh, you've obviously been a pretty good dude to a lot of your friends. Yeah, thanks. That wow. was my pat on the back to that you. That was very nice. He hardly ever does compliment me, so I really appreciate that. But Clint. it's not fun that when you have friends, you beat them down. That's what friends do. Yeah, yes. it gives you a lot. Of you have to, <laughs> especially then when they've locked you in their movie. Well, theater. there's so many people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's so many people that tell you you do good all the time. It feels good to have somebody That's beat you down. That's not true. That's what my wife says. She's like, everybody says everybody's always nice to you. Everybody's annoys the ever because everybody's nice we go to a restaurant and everybody oh hey hey how you doing i'm like man ain't that, everybody's so nice He's like, everybody's always nice yeah, yeah. To you. what do you know any drives are crazy right? Right. You, but your closest friends you give each other right. that's what you do you know. don't you don't call you, your best yeah. friend and go hey buddy man i really appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> that'd be nice once in a while all right you Thanks. are that guy you're a softie aren't I you i am
I gotten softer after I quit driving. Well, I appreciate you doing a really good job. All right. Being hey, a dad. by the way, one pump, more pump thing. The tires. So we pulled up. My brother and I. Before I go, this is a funny, funny thing. So there's a brand new Corvette sitting in front of a Junior Motorsports here, and there's mm-hmm. a jacked up redneck. Uh, red truck on the other side. Right, well, which one is it? Is he in a Corvette or is he in a truck? And I looked over. I said, "You could tell he's he's a, he has oblivious to to how things get paid because it's definitely the redneck jacked up truck parked right in front of the mailbox is where the checks go. <laughs> they can't deliver the checks. You pull in front of the mailbox. That's true. There's a lot of truth in all that. Yeah, for sure. I saw that I pulled in front of the mailbox, but I was too lazy to back it up. So <laughs> ain't getting any checks. Yeah. Hey, your name on the building, you got the whole road to park on. It's just wherever you I'm want. I'm out to. of the way over there. Man. <laughs> hey, it's also bills in there, so it might be smart. Guys, <laughs> thanks for having All me. Right. It's been Thank a lot you, of Clint. fun. Thank you, Clint. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mac mm. Weldon is the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you'll ever wear. Not only does Mac Weldon's make you look good, they perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going on dates, just everyday life. They have a line of silver underwear <laughs> and shirts TMI. that are naturally antimicrobial. What the hell? <laughs> Which means they eliminate odor. Oh, that's what the hell. How is that possible? (laughs) How do they eliminate odor? What? Nobody wants stinky underwear. I know. I thought fish oil did that. (laughs) Wait, what? What? Don't take people take fish oil to eliminate odor. I take fish oil. I don't know if it's eliminate odor. Uh, LW, he took something like fish oil or something to eliminate odor. I'm not sure. Keep your armpits from smelling so you don't have to wear deodorant. That's not what fish oil does. But let's. (laughs) All right. I don't, ha- I don't care if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Mack Weldon wants you to like their stuff so much that if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Mm. So if you don't like them, you get to keep them. And you get your money back. And you get your money back. And you don't have to answer questions. And you don't have to be wrong about <laughs> fish oil. <laughs> That's the most important part. I think I'm wearing my Mack Weldon right now, Mike. I'm yeah. not going to show you. Don't. But <laughs> but you know what? And I can't smell them. You can't smell them either. So you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> I like the styles. That's one thing. I you love do. the color. Because, you know, forever, when we were little kids till we are teenagers, you just wore the whitey tighties, you know, or whatever. Just and, plain old boxers, yeah. no good, cool, <laughs> no good gra- graphics on them and stuff. Now I get some cool graphics. <laughs> All right? Look at the socks we're wearing. They're just crazy socks. It's crazy what people are putting on their underwear and their socks these days. I know. Almost I, explicit. Yeah. It's almost explicit about underwear these days. It's you know it's funny. It's 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 as if we think we're gonna walk around in our underwear. We're wearing such crazy stuff on them. Nobody's Nobody see sees these designs. Well, that was uh, uh, instilled back in the days when Superman and, uh, and, Ooh, and the Incredible Hulk yeah. became on your underwear. Then it's like it became a big deal to you, right? Is but that it, where it started? Well, for me, it maybe did. for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, in general, for society, uh, where we're all wearing these crazy underwears with these crazy patterns that think, nobody's gonna see all day. Hey, listen. I think that's where it started. Somebody can prove me wrong. Does, do you think it's the crazy patterns give you some sort of confidence that, you know. Makes me different. It makes, makes me feel me, different. Makes me feel Unique. good. I feel good about myself. I'm tough. I feel good. I'm gonna, I got a smile on my face, Tommy. I feel good. It's going to be good. I'm happy. I'm just wondering what it is. I, I'm deep in thought sitting here, uh, and, and this I can is tell. probably not what I intended to do right, well, about underwear today. <laughs> although no one is going to see the pattern that I'm wearing, I am glad that I can get underwear with cool patterns. There you go. Well, somebody will see Because I, st- I still have some of the old whitey tighties that... You that do? Was, yeah. <laughs> what? They're kind of a boxer brief, but oh, they don't man. have a pattern. 
They don't ever get worn. No. Throw, throw them away. Sad, sad, sad underwear. Yep. You're just hanging on to them, though. Yep. Well, I mean, they're not old, but since I've went to Mack Weldon, all my underwear are cool now. They're, that's the point on this. Yeah. This is a special offer to listeners for the Dell Jr. download. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Dale Jr. at checkout. That's promo code Dale Jr. 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com, enter the promo code Dale Jr. at checkout, and you're good to go. Good job. Seriously, though, like it was white, plain white was good forever. Yeah. Now, when did that switch? I know. Now it's uh, the crazier the better. Or if it's something you like, like Mike's fish. Mike's been very quiet about this. Well, I know he is. <laughs> if it's something I'm you trying like, to think. I'm literally Are you think. a tidy whitey guy? I think, oh, man, no, no. I, got, I got some uh, socks with beer mugs on them. Love them. <laughs> they don't go in my outfit, but I'm wearing them. It, I haven't but I haven't caught on to the, the sock train. I wasn't either. My, my socks were pretty straightforward. Yeah. Then I went into the broadcast booth, and everybody's pulling their pant leg up going, look at my socks today. They're so awesome. You should see the tartan. No, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're over the top with the sock game. I'm, I'm killing it today. And so you can just describe it. You don't have to. New York Islanders. all that. I know. Poor, in there. Poor, poor Leah. Yeah. I take my shoes so off. He, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. Download. This is the Ask Jr. Live portion of the show on YouTube, presented by Nationwide. Thanks for tuning in. Leah's got all your questions coming in. She's going to tee them up. All right, let's start with M. Carpenter. He wants to know, are you still riding your bicycle? Haven't seen many posts about it lately. Yeah, I, um, me and Amy just went for a ride a couple, about two weeks ago, and that's the first one I've taken this year probably. I haven't rode my bike at all, and I felt pretty bad about it. And then I talked to Jimmy Johnson, who is uh, getting ready to run the Boston Marathon, and he said he's only rode about 100 miles on his bike this year, but that he's ran over 1,000 miles. And uh, So then I felt bad again. That's crazy. I was like, oh, you're not on your bike either. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but I but ran 1,000 miles. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I still got all my stuff. I still love it. I enjoy it, and I'll probably always be doing it, but just hard to find the time. I used to make the time, though. I used to get up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning and go do it. I'm not doing that anymore. I need to get back on track. It's it's hard when you yeah. got a kid. I'm it, telling you, kids are I'm game just, changers. It, it's, it's simply just being lazy, I think. We got a lot of people chiming in about Jimmy Johnson. Well, would you ever run the Boston no, Marathon? Jeez. No. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, no. I don't enjoy running. It's painful. <laughs> I'm serious, man. That's why I got into biking because I wanted to do something to sort of try to keep myself in some kind of decent shape. And running was painful. I would have problems with my feet my knees something every time and when you're running and you got a sore knee you run differently and that creates problems elsewhere and pain elsewhere um so i never never really enjoyed running much i did get some uh they do make some shoes though uh, i can't even remember the name of the brand that makes these shoes but they're very squishy that helped a lot i run a couple times a year not i'll get out and run just to just to make sure you can still do it yeah i don't <laughs> even know why i do it you know you think oh man i'm gonna start running again you go run one time then you don't run for three months I like to ride the bike, just getting out on the road and even around. The fun thing about riding my bike is there's roads like literally a mile or two from my house that I haven't been down. And, and when you're riding your bike, you can go down those roads and you can be nosy as hell and see what everybody's doing in their yard and what's going on in the neighborhood. So riding the bike is pretty fun, just getting out and cruising around the roads local to the house. Nitrogator <clears throat> wants to know, how did you get your nickname Junebug? Well, Daryl Waltrip's probably going to try to take credit for it. Um, but... I don't know. I, I, it happened a long, long time ago. I can't even remember how that started. I think Dad started calling me Junebug. Just picked up. No point, no reason whatsoever. 
My assumption is is that your dad called you June Bug somewhat so at some point, and DW was in the vicinity, and that's how that's DW how it started. Yeah, started so June Bug June used Bug. it all. Yeah, DW used it quite a bit. Dad and I had he called me Lily, and he did that because he was trying to needle me, and I would call him Biggie to needle him back, to needle him back like Big Ego. Oh, is it? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you ever call him Big Ego? Yeah. Like you'd say, I would ego? go big ego, <laughs> and we, yeah, we were just picking on each other. Oh my goodness! Yeah, all right. He actually remember he had this hat that said Big E, or just a, had a giant and you e. had a little E. Yeah, it had, had a, a giant E on it. Yes, my mom still calls you Little E when referring to you. Like, yeah. oh, how's work going? Uh, how's uh-huh. Little E? And I'm like, I, I haven't heard that in forever. It's kind of weird. Yep. That big E go. <laughs> 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 Hey, uh, chiming in, I'm interrupting here because I know she won't ask it, but Wizard, like a lot of people noticing things in the studio, which yeah. is really cool. Wizard uh, noticed uh, the Wally sitting in here, the NHRA trophy uh, of Leah's, and she's yeah. bashful about it. That's, she won't ask, yeah. That's, no. Yeah, I wouldn't bring that up. No, but Ron, that, Ron is, Caps. that is my Wally that Ron Caps gave to me um, my last NHRA drag race. I worked with Don Chimago Racing for seven years. And my final race, Ron Caps won, and he uh, gave me that Wally. He made a big deal in Victory Lane. He did. Yeah. I he was, did. I thought that was really cool. I was, was really embarrassed. <laughs> well, it certainly made us excited because he had so much respect and appreciation for you that you were coming to work with us. We were so excited about that. I get to see those guys in a couple of weeks when they're here in Charlotte. Yep. Heck yeah. Um, Mark McCollum, he wants to know, is there a goal of how many cars we can see uh, fit on the table? <laughs> that's that's a good question. I, I, I've been wanting to ask that myself because I I think that we have room for more. I'm not, I'm oh, not oh more are coming. Good because I think we got some cool stuff. I think we're onto something. I have one that I forgot to bring this morning. It's Mark Martin's Buick uh, number O two Buick Buck Stove uh, Buick that he raced in 1981. And I left it at the house and didn't bring it this morning. But as I, I mean, as we go, I'm just going to continue to add to this. And the tough part about it is for Door, door Bumper Clear, for the other podcast that, uh, that Brett and uh, TJ do, they have to take all these off the table. And then they have to be put back on the table. And I told them to bring their own, but they haven't done it yet. I oh, mean, yeah, they're not. The heck? Well, don't, 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 uh, don't let their stuff get all mixed in with my stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, that new one that you're going to bring in, I th- thought the intriguing part is you yeah. sent us a picture of it. And I don't know if you saw the picture, but it's like you did some mods. Yeah, it. I lowered it. Some of the mod, yes. <laughs> not, what? That sounds like the most so earnhardt awesome. thing ever. I lowered it. <laughs> I lowered the die cast. <laughs> it was not, I didn't like the ride height, so I changed it. Uh, this is a very important question from Jimmy Baskin, but it kind of goes along with what we were talking about um, with Boyer earlier. Ribs or pulled pork? Oh, ribs. Yeah. I love ribs or brisket. Pulled pork to me, I don't like the consistency that much. And so I don't eat pulled pork often. I don't really enjoy and love. We did. We, I wanted to get with get. A, I wanted to talk about this with Clint. We didn't. That's right. Um, since he lives in North Carolina, but he's from the Midwest. Um, what his favorite barbecue was and what he thought thought about North Carolina barbecue. And I'm not a I'm not a real big fan of North Carolina barbecue, Mike. I'm not either because of vinegar. Yeah. I, don't like, I, I don't particularly just gravitate towards vinegar. I like vinegar because but, it's in a lot of other things that I like. But um, but but you don't like it on your barbecue. I just don't. Yeah, I like the. Uh, the thicker barbecue sauces, and I like brisket and ribs, and I don't pulled pork is kind of a Carolina well, thing. But I was just going to say, if you don't like the consistency of pulled pork, that right there has to do with your preference to yeah. of of not your non preference. I know. Barbecue. I almost hate to I hate to talk to admit it because I'm from North Carolina. You're supposed to love all things North Carolina, but I can't get down. It's all right. 
It's not my favorite. We didn't forget. The guy wouldn't shut up. I mean, my gosh, Clint, Clint Boyer was just going on for an hour, and we realized, oh, we got to yeah. move on. AB wants to know, did anyone take a shot with Boyer? We didn't. I was just kidding. It's too early in the morning, man. Even I won't drink before 10 o'clock. I mean, that's just – you got to have some personal rules. Even on vacation? No. You, yeah, on vacation, vacation I probably wouldn't drink before 10 o'clock. No. Yeah. No? I don't think – I feel like, come on, man, there's – there's there's. Cooth. It's got to be a boundary. There's Cooth. some boundaries. There's some things that you just, even as, I mean, as a dad, if I'm on vacation by myself with some buddies or something, I might have to pop top for ten o'clock. But that's that's getting pretty aggressive. Because when you're with your buddies, you're gonna go, you're gonna drink all day. You can't start drinking at nine o'clock. All of this is stuff we talk about with Boyer. Yeah. So there, so there is that. It's, we didn't do it, but uh, certainly some interesting conversations. When is it? To, what, okay, so that I guess a good question is when's. To, When's your what's your limit? What's your personal limit? When you're willing to start? What's the earliest you're willing to start? When do you start? If it's a Saturday, you're on a beach vacation. These are the perfect parameters for starting early in the morning. Maybe you're hanging out with your buddies, no kids. Oh, maybe even the wife in there. You you Nine. got you what got you, what do you total think? control of the situation. I think ten o'clock's early ten, enough. Ten o'clock, yeah. ten o'clock or eleven o'clock. Yeah, if you go early, like put it this way: when like Bojangles stops serving biscuits, <laughs> then it's time to drink. It's time to drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Not, Bojang- Bojangles if, if, doesn't stop serving biscuits. Is that what you're trying to do here? <laughs> you can buy a biscuit at Bojangles all day. Are you? Do you have yeah. a drinking problem? <laughs> I, 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 rolled, I rolled her off the trailer this weekend in Buffalo yeah. and put a set of stickers on it. I didn't wreck. I didn't wreck, so I'm happy. I, I think 10 or 11 o'clock. The only reason I would say is that I just can't, and I know some people are different. This is just me personally. I couldn't drink with breakfast. Like I like having beer with my eggs. Yeah. Bloody Mary. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like Bloody Marys. I'm just saying, but this is just me. Mimosa. I, I wouldn't drink with my breakfast. So let's call it ten o'clock. That's a good, nice time to start. Yeah, ten's or ten's really pushing it. And it's too late. Ten Any o'clock's too late to eat if breakfast. At the mor- if there's still morning in the air, you don't need to be popping, <laughs> popping open, cracking a beer open. <laughs> there's still dew on there's the grass. There's still fo- yeah. If the sun still hasn't burned the fog off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, why uh, did, we should ask that of Boyer. Like, when is the start time for Boyer, do you mm-hmm. reckon? I, don't I would say it's about the same, 10 or 11 yeah. o'clock. Now, everybody's chiming in about when to drink. What, what, to what drink. are they saying? A lot of a lot of all day. You can start whenever and, the sun comes up. Really? Whatever Bloody the hell Marys, you want. Yeah, mimosas. See, I don't, I, will, I don't drink a lot of mimosas or Bloody Marys. Yeah, me I, neither. I would have one of those at 9 o'clock for yeah. breakfast or something, so I don't count that. I'm thinking cranking open a beer, beer. turning it up. Right. Yeah. Turning up a long neck. Judd Miller um, was at RIR, and he opened the first one at 8.30. This so morning? Damn champion. No, at Richmond this past weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, yeah, I guess if, if you're, you're at a race. race track. <laughs> at a race, if there's a different set of parameters. Now we're learning. We're, 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 there's a lot more to this than we yeah. even thought about. There's yeah. some discovery going on Race here. track has its own rules on this, so which is to say there isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll be it for today. That was All right, good, good stuff, guys. Thanks for Nationwide for for uh, supporting this segment of the show, Ask Junior Live on YouTube. Make sure to follow at Dirty Mo Media on all our handles, social media, and YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. Going to start for white flag with something we've never started white flag before. Go to filtertime.com. What? Right now. Oh, and start man. your subscription to have your home's air filters delivered to you on a schedule of your choosing. Dale Jr., you're wearing your Filter Time shirt. Wearing it proud. You and Blake had a successful launch of this last week, or maybe a successful announcement that yep. your partner, he launched already. That's but, right. Uh, but uh, good good week of uh, 
partnership? Absolutely, man. It's been awesome. The fan reaction to uh, to that announcement was great. Blake's had a lot of fun. Blake's done an amazing job uh, communicating with the fan base, too, and the subscribers, new customers that we have. He's going to work his guts out, and that's why I partnered with him. I knew he's going to make this work. Yeah, so it's basically it's real simple. There's you know you 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 go to filtertime.com. You can sign up to get filters sent to your house whenever you want at a on a schedule three months, four months, six months, whatever it is you want. You get those filters to your house. That reminds you to change them. You don't have to ever worry about it again. These are coming to your house for the same price, maybe even cheaper than what you're going to pay at the store. There's no contract. You can sign up, quit, cancel anytime, anytime you want, and uh, that's that. What was it that Boyer said something funny on the way out today? Uh, this was not for the podcast, but he was asking about filter time, and he goes, I bought a house, and I don't think I changed the air filter in three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about right. I think there's more yeah. people that could relate to that. Well, so. with everything going on, you know, between the flu and, and colds and Passing that around in your house. Pollen. Pollen, yeah. Having yeah. having clean air, air filters is essential. Also, uh, you know, if you forget to change them and you got a dirty air filter in there, you're killing your system. You're going to have problems with that down the road. Going to get pricey. Going to get pricey for you. Just might as well change those air filters. So that's cool. Uh, real quick, the TV show this week airs at 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday on NBC Sports Network. That's not 5 o'clock as it usually is. It's 5.30 this week. Must be some sporting event going on that's uh, pushing. It'll still be an hour. But uh, just just FYI, 5.30 p.m. Uh, if you want to take some laps with Dale Jr. behind the wheel, well, the foundation is raffling off that chance. For $25 a ticket, they're going to pick one winner. Uh, and there's only 1,888 uh, tickets available. It's three laps at Darlington with Dale Jr., a meet-and-greet swag bag, four-night hotel, tickets to the Xfinity race at Darlington, tickets to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, tour of Junior Motorsports, and a catered lunch hosted by Kelly Earnhardt Miller. You go, you go to ride. Goodness. I know, right? Go to ridewithdellejr.com. By the way, not to be confused with windellejr.com. That's a separate thing. I, I, I've been teasing the foundation. I'm like, you couldn't have picked a URL that's a little different <laughs> because you got ridewithdellejr.com to go get Darlington ride around. You got the the windellejr.com to try to buy a raffle ticket for the Corvette. So you can do that too. But uh, either one of them, whether you're uh, winning a ride or riding with him, whatever it is, those are your two options. <laughs> Holy crap. I know. Um, listen, I'm going to end with fan reviews on Apple Podcasts. Had a bunch of new ones this week. I'm going to pick four or five here. Dev94AZ says, I used to follow NASCAR religiously, but stopped somewhere around 2008, 2009. This podcast has reignited my love for the sport. So I, I thought that was really cool. cool. Yeah. I, I, I really took a lot of pride. Thank you for writing that. Uh, somebody's name is Davis Deal With It. I don't know. Uh, has anyone noticed that no matter what racetrack Dale is talking about, he calls it blank motor speedway? <laughs> Even if that's not part of the track name. Really? I've never noticed I, that. I don't think I've noticed it either, but you I do. <laughs> Daytona Motor Speedway, Phoenix Motor Speedway, Nashville Motor Speedway, <laughs> Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's it. <laughs> what was the guy's screen name? Davis Deal With It. Man, people always give you crap online. I know. What they? is it? You know, yeah. you know what I say he about the He doubled down, though. He gave him crap and me crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lance7419 says, I've listened to this podcast for years now, but it has never been as good as it is today. Side note, how are Mike Davis's teeth that nice? Well, that's just a little secret. I'm not going to disclose Quip. Today. Quip. Quip. Phil, Philip Dale, this is the last one. Philip Dale says, been listening since the beginning. Awesome podcast. But am I the only one who misses TJ? Mm, TJ Majors go. used to be a uh, regular on the Dell Jr. download. Wow, so those are days, those man. Are days. Way back. Is that TJ's burner account? So, <laughs> Philip Dale, probably. <laughs> I, I think Dale's, if TJ has an account, Dale is in his account name. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll close on that note. There you go. All right, buddy. We got some odd history for you coming up on Talladega. In 1975, Neil Bonnet entered the race at Talladega in his own cup car. He spent 10000 on a top motor, and it was 10000 he really didn't have. He also knew it was a motor that he was going to blow up. What? Yeah. That's so weird. Isn't it? So after discussing with his wife, he intentionally installed more gear than he knew that the motor could stand. His hope was that he would run up front long enough to get the attention of a team owner or a crew chief and obtain a more competitive ride. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. The gamble paid off as he led the race for 12 laps and was running with the leaders when the motor finally let go. Along with that performance at Talladega and the experience in 13 other starts in the 1976 season, he was able to secure a chance at driving with master mechanic Harry Hyde in 1977. That resulted in two wins that season, which catapulted him into the Wood Brothers 21-4. And the rest is history. That's awesome. That's that's cool. Neil Bonnet. All right, guys. Good show. I had fun. Thanks, Clint Boyer. It's it's, uh, late enough we could go pop a a beer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's beer 30. Let's go. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.